Hey there, Kaiju Weekly fan, Michael here. What you're about to listen to is a very special bonus episode featuring Travis, myself, and the fantastic gentleman over on the Kaiju Curry House podcast. During the episode, we discussed the Kaiju Ramen magazine and went down plenty of other interesting rabbit trails that we think you guys are going to really enjoy. Also, I want to mention that if you're not familiar with the Kaiju Curry House podcast, please go and support them on all of your favorite podcatchers. They publish episodes every other week with discussions featuring people and topics from across this vast genre known as Kaiju and Tokusatsu. Travis and I also want to take a moment to thank host Alex, Joe, and Paul for allowing us to come on and have a great time discussing our projects and passions and for allowing this episode to be a joint release between our two podcasts. So with that said, let's get into the interview with the lads over at the Kaiju Curry House podcast. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Kaiju Curry House, the fortnightly show that gives you a healthy dose of kaiju goodness every other Monday. Of course, you had an episode last week, and you know what, you get an episode next week as well, because it's Christmas. So, Merry Christmas from all of us here at Kaiju Curry House. This is your extra episode, our gift to you, dear listeners. I'm here with Alex and Joe, but we also have two guests both Travis and Michael from the Kaiju Weekly podcast, who are here to tell us all about their Kickstarter project, Kaiju Ramen. So, welcome Travis and Michael. How are you doing tonight? Doing great, man. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure. Yeah. All right. So, we always start our podcast off with a fabulous dad pun, which Paul originally coined. What have Kaiju been up to? Guys, take it away. (laughs) Well, I'll let Michael go first. Okay, fine. That put me on the spot, Travis. Thank you so much. Um, not a whole lot, honestly, just uh, aside from the magazine project that we've been doing, plus the podcast, um, not really a whole lot going on with me personally. Uh, I'm going to steal a line. I think it was from you, Joe, and said, I've spent way more money on things that I shouldn't have spent money, more money on uh, as far as collectibles and things in the last couple of months uh, than possibly I thought I would have. but. Um, but yeah, so other than that, um, I've been kind of going on my Power Rangers franchise journey. Uh, I set out to, yeah, see, thumbs up. I, he gets it. Um, I started with the original series and I've made it up to Time Force. So trying to watch them in, in order has been fun. Uh, and it's really interesting to see how the show progresses year to year. Um, that is probably I know a lot of these a lot of a lot of friends of ours are on their old, what we call our ultra journey with all the Mill Creek stuff that's coming out from Ultraman. So uh, I decided to go a different route and watch Power Rangers because I enjoy Power Rangers more than Sentai. Am I allowed to say that as a kaiju fan? Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. And okay. I'd say that the, the Mill Creek stuff has been really well received, hasn't it? It has. It has. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have, I, have uh, I enjoy Power Rangers so much more. And I think nostalgia has a huge role to play in that. But I admit my, I, I'm willing, willing to acknowledge my biases. So that's perfectly yeah. fine, I think. And I've had a lot of fun doing it. Other than that, 
we got to ask the question though. We got to ask the question. Sure, go ahead. Favorite power, favorite Power Ranger, favorite Zord, go. Oh shoot, that's hard because I've watched so many. Uh, okay, off the cuff, the Dragon Zord specifically, specifically the Mecha Dragon Zord. Uh, the old, uh, what is it? The Mecha Dragon Zord, where they take the feet and the arms from the OG Megazord and merge them with the Dragon Zord. That one is is pretty darn cool. Um, also in space has probably been my favorite season so far because it's just so well written. So I'm going to have to go with, I don't know. Um, I don't know. The, the, the Astro Megazord is pretty, pretty awesome. But uh, other than that, probably those two are the standout for me. Uh, I can't really like lost galaxy was meh. Lightspeed rescue was okay. But you know, the in space and the original, original series, I think those are the two standouts for me so far. So who's your favorite Ranger? He asked too. Oh, my favorite Ranger, <laughs> Tommy Oliver. Am I? Am yeah, I, if you don't, if, if Jason yeah, David Frank is not in there, I mean, like, right? You, Michael's you, just uh, basic. He 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 loves the, of course, loves the one that everyone else loves. It is the basic bitch palette, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that language think of the children sorry sir my children would be saying the exact same thing if they heard it you'd be like it's well really said weird. sir it's now really that everybody is I... just hated on the green ranger i no. love the oj no, i didn't say hate it yeah. i just acknowledge it for the oh, basic no, no, bitch no, palette that it is yes exactly okay he's I, great he's defense, fine there's nothing wrong with him it's just it is, the, it is defense, very the basic <laughs> In my defense, the original Green Ranger had the coolest costume. Mm. Don't tell me I'm wrong because he did. But the reason I loved that <laughs> Ranger so much is because my favorite color was green. And there wasn't nice. a Green Ranger to start and I felt robbed. And then the Green Ranger shows up and not only does he have the amazing gold like shoulder pads going right, on, right. but he has the Godzilla Zord. It was right? so cool. Yeah. And yeah. his Zord can take on the Megazord. Right. And then, and then they get rid of the Green Ranger and they have the White Ranger. And then the White Ranger faces off with the Green Ranger. And who won that fight? Green Ranger. Not the White Ranger. No, it wasn't so the White Tiger like, Zord. So like, Zordon, Alpha, what are you even doing here? He was yeah. better before you meddled. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's, it's funny uh, because I really think that a, a Power Ranger series lives and dies by its villains mm -hmm. i love a good villain so i'll ask you guys anyone who watches the show who's your favorite villain go rita really okay that's interesting I, uh, just because she was wacky and overacted really? and okay is, is that a controversial choice no. no, it's not a controversial choice. I'll I'll fire back at you and say that's a basic bitch choice, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Her own. No, uh, I, I would think yours is more basic, Michael, because I know oh, who no, yours no, is. no, 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 no. <laughs> I am yours gonna, is the one everybody goes with. I will Mine? play the nostalgia card and say that Rita was kind of the first villain that I saw and was just kind right. of like, wow. But the episode that stood out in my mind for villains mm -hmm. was that marriage episode where there's all of the different monsters that are popping up at their flaming wedding. And I was like, this, this is really, really cute. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I hated, like, I hated the transition from like where Lord Zed is this ominous figure to he's guy with dad bod. I mean, that's... <laughs> Um, he's just the goofy husband at that point. I hated that stuff, but I have so much nostalgia for like season for season three of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that I still love that season. And Zed is my favorite villain. Yes, Travis, I am mm -hmm. basic in that regard. Yeah. Uh, also, Astronema. 
is a very close second. is great. Because she is gorgeous and wicked and all things in between. Astronomer is great. Uh, Speaking of the Green Ranger, um, I don't know if any of you guys are keeping up with the Power Rangers comic books. I know Michael is kind of um, catching up on them, but they uh, relaunched the uh, Power Rangers comic books just last month, I think, or in in October, they relaunched them. And they have introduced a new Green Ranger uh, to the Mighty Morphin uh, team because it's basically the 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 comic books are taking place on an alternate timeline from the series so they can kind of basically do whatever they want they can create new characters they can add new characters and so tommy is the white ranger he has transitioned into being the leader of the team and now suddenly there's a green ranger that shows up and he's in the dragon ranger suit but it's a little bit different it's kind of looks a little more streamlined and the big mystery was who is the new green ranger so uh yeah that's the that's something that's going on in the comic books and who is publishing that it's a lot of fun oh it's idw okay oh no yeah that's right no no yeah you're right that's right shoot idw i have idw on my mind because of godzilla Mm -hmm. godzilla's doing uh idw is doing godzilla boom is doing okay yeah Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many, so many comic book publishers. I, stuff. <laughs> I just, fi- I just picked up it. the, uh, I just picked up the trade copy of Shattered Grid. So I'm looking forward to reading through that and uh, Rise of Draken, which is Tommy's evil counterpart uh, in the alternate timeline, in the alternate time, alternate timeline. Words are hard for some reason mm-hmm. today. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to digging into that stuff. So. Yeah, the Power Rangers comics are great. If you guys like Power Rangers, anybody who, if you if you leave this into the episode, uh, if this if uh, your listeners like Power Rangers, the Power Rangers comic books are great, and and they, I can't sing their praises enough. Um, they the new stuff that they add, it's like. It, they they do retcon a few things, but the retcons feel natural. Like yeah. they you know it, it doesn't That's feel fine. forced, and yeah. the the. And and it's not really a spoiler. I guess it is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's not really a spoiler. But the in the show, three of the Rangers left uh, the show, and they had to replace them. The the original Red Ranger, the original Yellow Ranger, and the original Black Ranger. In the comic book, it explains why they left, and it actually says that they went on a on secret missions out in space as new types of Rangers called the Omega Rangers, and those suits that they designed for the comic books are absolutely fantastic they look amazing so yeah nice. it's it's crazy <laughs> i'm gonna rein this back in now because yes. i'm sorry to blame for this tangent <laughs> so, no it's anytime we can talk about rangers i'm perfectly okay with that i've i've toyed with the idea of starting my own power rangers podcast like i need another podcast to do but you know that's just me there we go so travis what have kaiju been up to um well i i just like michael's been working on the magazine that's the main thing just you know hammering out the different articles hammering out the different layouts and stuff and the artwork working with the artists and stuff trying to get that done um and and keeping up with our podcast because our podcast is weekly so Mm. and uh we we are constantly (laughs) constantly having to watch a new movie each week and review a new movie each week um 
And uh, other than that, I, I just recently guested on Kaiju Conversation uh, podcast. A friend of ours, Elijah, hosts that podcast, and he invited me on to talk about Kaiju Ramen, the magazine, the podcast, all of that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Hmm. Cool guys. Paul, you got to talk. Yeah, <laughs> my turn. Um, well, I haven't been buying anything because I'm, I bought the next gen consoles and I'm broke. So um, you bought them simultaneously. I, I yes, my, which my, is I sure a bold flex. <laughs> Shame. Paul hasn't seen daylight in ages. Um, the only kaiju kind of game there is Gears Tactics, which just has awesome creatures and it should be made into a film. But we'll skip by that. Um, I watch Krampus with my wife which is obviously you know it's that time of year and she she, wa- she watched it all um well apart from saying i'm not going to sleep tonight she <laughs> i think she enjoyed it it was it's the bit when they go into the attic and well the, the toys start coming to life there's like the jack-in-the-box and the jaw drops down when they swallow the child and there's that there's that angel that looks like a like an old porcelain doll that comes down and it's got the uh, like bird feather wings it's just scratching at the woman's face and it hangs her up with a noose and yeah, I think she just was a little bit traumatized by seeing toys kill people. And plus, lots of kids die in that film. There's, Don't show her Chucky. No, she doesn't watch horror films. Okay. So I said, I said, it's okay. It's like a dark comedy. Because it's not really scary, is it? I'm, no. You know. But anyway, she found it. She didn't find it scary, scary. But yeah, there's a few jump scares in it. Because you've reminded it's me. There's, uh, an, there's an upcoming stop motion uh, horror film with toys. I think it's called Toys of Terror. Has anyone heard of that? Mm. It rings what a bell, actually. Yeah, this stuff. Um, it. So, say again. What do you find this stuff? Uh, I. What do you search for in Google, oh, Alex? I, I live in the arm- children. I, I live in the armpit of the internet by night. When my son will not go to sleep, I just basically search for the the cheapest. <laughs> That's not going to help him go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't help me go to sleep. But my son eventually <laughs> goes to sleep. No, actually, the source of that was bloody disgusting. Who are reputable? They're they're, they're solid. They're mm. good guys. Yeah. And uh, toy. Uh, Toys of Terror. It's it's a fully stop motion horror film with toys coming to life. It does exactly what it says on the tin. So they, I think you might have shared that, and that's why I recognise the name. I think so. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like the kind of garbage that I would share. <laughs> nice. Anybody? Um, anybody uh, seen the previews for uh, Guillermo del Toro's? Um, he he produced it. He didn't direct it, but it's uh, Antlers. Yes, I'm so excited about Antlers. Yeah, yeah I, I was. I forgot that it existed I until say, yeah, somebody just reminded that, me. No, um, I <laughs> was. Ex- you out? I was excited about Antlers this time I last know. year. And then 2020 happened. It was meant to be out this summer. Yeah, it was okay. supposed to be out already, and then it got delayed. So I have no idea when it's actually um, coming. It's the horror film with the Wendigos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. yeah. I remember the trailer, and it looked good. But oh, I looked, yeah, looked I completely fantastic. forgot about it. Yeah. Um, decent. I stuff. always loved the Wendigo. Has anybody here read the Marvel comics with the Wendigo? Mm-hmm. No. I yeah. the I'm the comic book fan. Michael's. Okay. Not a I'm comic just book now. Fan, so. Yeah, I'm just now getting into comics. So, so yeah. <laughs> Travis is Travis is the person that you need to talk to. The Wendigo is like the Marvel character that can give the Hulk a run for mm-hmm. his money. Like it's mm. just like there is no reasoning with with that Hellcat. There's just nothing going yeah. on. Right. And yeah. Like just rage. But uh, okay. I always like that. Yeah, he I, was I, I uh, the villain in the book that Wolverine's uh, had, first appearance. Yeah, Wolverine's first appearance because uh, Wolverine's first appearance was in a in the Hulk, and the Hulk mm-hmm. was fighting the Wendigo, and and Wolverine 
mis- mistaken identity, all that kind of stuff that, that the tropes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard. To, I mean, like if you stood Wolverine next to like a 12 foot cat, eight Hulk mm-hmm. monster, I mean, you totally couldn't tell them apart. I mean, <laughs> all over the place there the, the joys of old school comics oh yeah so, yeah okay anyways well, i think wendigo oh, i think supernatural so that's yeah just, so exactly which is, which right? is also just ended oh my gosh yeah yeah See, I, I don't think of either of those actually and it's surprising because i am a comic book fan but i think of that that what, what was that video game that was a couple of years ago oh um until dawn yes which yes. Yes. that's in. the one i yeah. think of um these Very like cool. interactive horror film uh, game and it had uh, Rami Malek in didn't it yeah, yeah and, and um, um, Peyton Pantier that's it yeah uh, or Hayden Hayden Pantier so, like, it, it, it kind of like ticked, off, it ticked from... off all of the different horror tropes that kind of like yeah, slasher yes, with yeah. some supernatural and yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that... that they sold the game on the fact that it was like this interactive thing and every choice that you make is like affects the outcome of the game in, in the future hmm. and the storyline and it's like wow that's really cool the next year every video game was like oh actually the year before that every video well, game was tell, like that. So telltale like, were doing that with uh, the walking dead before that. right so, yeah so it's yeah. like this isn't really all that um, unique as <laughs> it's not as unique as you guys are selling it as no, yeah. i'd say that where um until dawn did well was it was kind of one of those games where four of you have some beers and you kind of turn out the lights and you give each other a bit of a fright but it wasn't like mm-hmm, right particularly in inspiring gameplay it was just a bit of silly nonsense it was a slasher in a video game it was yeah, yeah it was a slasher video game and that's it, it did exactly what we wanted it was oh, great absolutely. fun yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it also had the guy from um if you guys watched uh, marvel's uh tv show uh, agents of shield yeah um it Back had day, I watched it uh, it had uh, one of the guys, and I can't remember his name, but he was the one that, that turned bad. The big that they found out was um, was Hydra. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. Was, he was in that. It had it had like an all star cast of people in that video game. It was really it was really interesting, and like you got like you said, it was like a slasher movie in a video game form. So it was just kind of fun just hmm. to watch. I, I I don't play video games, but I like watching people play video games. Oh, that's so I tend then. to have yeah, I, I tend to have fun just watching them play that. But I just that's what I think of. I think of the Wendigo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, my son has really got into books recently. Absolutely. Ooh, good so every, every time before bed, it was like, read a story. And now it's reading about five different stories before he goes to sleep. So he's just building on it. But um, one of his favorites is Godzilla Likes to Roar. <laughs> and so every oh, single I have that night. One. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Godzilla Likes to Roar. And yep. we've got um, Angerus and Rodan and Manda and. Varan in it and I was thinking actually I wasn't a, I thought because I've been reading it every day for like the last three weeks I thought oh I might put that on um, if nothing else but I've looked on Amazon it goes for hundreds of pounds yeah it's, and now I feel it, really bad that my kid just throws it when he's finished with it I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all those books that came out during that time the Mark Saracini books and, and others they're they go for pretty expensive prices mm-hmm. now on this on the secondary market because they're all out of print now but yeah they're all out of print wow. when when you're when you're um when your child gets a little bit older, make sure to, if you have access to the, the novellas, the Godzilla novellas that came out around the same time, like King of the Monsters, Godzilla, I think it's Godzilla versus the space monster, which is just a knockoff Astro monster uh, novelization. So yeah, those are definitely worth uh, checking out as well. If you can get your hands on them, if you don't have them already. 
Yes, and that's the only book I've got. And I think I picked that up when I was in the I was in the states, and this was ages yeah. ago. It was about five dollars at the time. Right. I should, wow. have, I should have bought more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But never mind. And uh, just before I pass over to Alex, I also watched Tremors Seven, which I approve of. Shrieker yeah, Island. Shrieker Island. Yeah. Mm. Um, it actually was pretty good. I watched it. Uh, watched it about a week or so ago. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And a Godzilla Alex, reference too. There was. Yeah. yeah. Alex, what have Clyde you been up to? Um, thank you for asking. So um, I got my copy of Howl from Beyond the Fog. That arrived, gentlemen. There it is. Okay, and uh, nice. I'm rather pleased that arrived. Uh, Paul's copy and Joe's copy also arrived as one big box. Um, customs, yo. And I am setting that on. I've got a feeling that Travis is probably reaching over to get his copy now. Good man. Uh, there it is. Yeah, well done. <laughs> so um, huge shout out to Daisuke Sato, who is the director of that. Um, it's an absolute crime that when Daisuke was posting up on social media that he was going to be involved as a director of a brand new um, you know, short um, film working with one of the original Toho, um, Toho creators. Like, it got minimal social media traction. I couldn't believe it because I think it was called Brush of the Gods. I might have got the name of that wrong. And people were kind of like, all right, yeah, more kaiju stuff. It's like, no, no, open your eyes, guys. You know, these are masters of kaiju cinema. And it's like, ah, oh, sure, there's, there's loads going on. Yes, and that is one that you really should back. I think I confess to being a little bit kind of saturated at the moment uh, yeah. because there's been just a, a flurry of wonderful Kickstarters. I know that's possibly, you know, a bad timing here because I've got guests on who are doing their own Kickstarter. <laughs> uh, but there has been an incredible amount of creativity going on. There's been just loads and loads of projects. And I have had to kind of go, okay, realistically what do i want to back and more importantly what can i afford to back because i've just backed matthew meyer's uh, fourth book which is a fox's wedding so that was more yokai art big supporter of that and then obviously there was kaiju hime's uh, book for uh, girls who love monsters and yeah. mm -hmm. um, great stuff it just all seemed to come within like a three-month period it's like wow, okay. So in terms of in internet, I've been doing loads and loads of kind of looking at stuff and trying to do a shout out because I think if I can't personally support it, I can at least circulate it and promote it to other people. Right. At home, I have continued my marathon of watching Del Toro's Troll Hunters, which is a kid's TV show. My daughter loves that and that's kind of her daddy-daughter time where she gets to enjoy watching something a little bit older, but just scary enough that it's interesting for her. And... Um, that's pretty much it. I haven't watched Howl from Beyond the Fog yet, but I watched it you know, last year when we were reviewing it. And um, yeah, um, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Uh, Joe has not been up to too terribly much. He is in the process of moving house. But uh, in the process of moving house, I have been distracted by all the stuff that I have found in boxes and stuff from time to past. <laughs> so right now I am putting together a Godzilla skeleton and uh, I have a few other models which are in semi-finished states that I am you know, oh, putting I back together finishing. Yeah, so anyways, uh, I've been doing that. I finished a Graboid commission for a good friend of the podcast and I'm getting ready to do another one. Um, and yeah, it's just been a flurry of artistic activity for me, really. And all the while, I've just been pining over the X plus Redosaurus, knowing full well that they're also going to release a dragon. And I'm wondering how I'm going to pay for these things because 
can't have a Cyclops without a dragon, but I got to have a Rhinosaurus. So the the one that has gotten me is the, the Kraken. The Kraken. Yeah, oh the Kraken. man, the Kraken looks so great, and I wish I could afford something like and that. But that thing is going to be a big lad when he comes out. Yeah. Like just looking mm-hmm. at the images, oh. it looks like it would fill my entire desk. Yeah, <laughs> with just yeah. the dark horse for me is uh, Talos. Oh See, yeah, Talos had the potential to be such a boring figure, but when they put the Argo with it, with all mm-hmm. the fine details of those oars and everything, that suddenly made it pop because mm. it made the pose that much more dynamic. They were thinking outside the box, and it's just an opportunity to give more paint detail to have the Argo there. And again, Talos, like, I didn't think I would want that figure, but the back of my mind, I'm just like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, gotta, right. I, I mean, like, this is the problem with the X Plus. They can't just release, like, two or three things at a time. They have to go, look, here are ten things, and you can afford mm-hmm. one. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I've yep. been in the position where I've been saying to Paul and Joe for ages, well, I, I want my 70s range of X plus uh, figures. You know, I, I want all of the films from Versus Hedera up to Terror of Mechagodzilla. And when I'm done, I'm done. That's it. You know, and I'll have had a, a decent go at it. And you fell right off that wagon. Uh, and then, you know, bloody hell, then... I find out that... <laughs> uh, blaming Ray Harryhausen figures. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I'm safe. And it's a kraken. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yep. Not only that... is it the Kraken, but his tail yeah. like does the twirly yes. thing. Yes. His hands are everywhere. That gif of DiCaprio oh. and Wolf of Wall Street sort of biting his fist. That was me mm. when I saw the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, right that's how they get you. you. That's how they get you, it right? Is. I, I, mean, like, I, yeah. I said I was not going to buy anything else this year, uh, and I broke that rule with that a gigantic Mecha Godzilla. Hmm? I know. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, space for enablers. It's okay, sir. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I and I said I was not gonna. I was not gonna go down the defo real line, which is the uh, rich man's de- uh, Funko Pop. Rich man's Funko Pop. No, no. Yes. yes, there it is, is. again. Yes. There it is again. Everybody says this. Oh. The pleasure, we the, have the, the, the pleasure of having um, Jason Welling on the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Jason Welling's been on the podcast, but we had Jeremy Souls of Summit Kaiju come on the, co- on the podcast. Yeah. And I'm just thinking in the back of my mind, it's just like, please, nobody call those Funko Pops. Please, nobody call those Funko Pops. <laughs> no, I don't think real. anybody did. But, you know, like, yeah. I'm a they're, supporter they're of them. For real. Yeah. But the Bionic one looks amazing. It's a line that I don't think I want to go down. Although I broke the rule for the little Sarazala because it just seems appropriate. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I plan on getting the uh, the the FSL uh, fifty four when it comes out because I'm a sucker for Shodai Goji, of course. Um, and so I I always say that this will be my last one, and there's about twenty six or so behind me. So <laughs> it, there's never just one last one. Um, it's the collector's equivalent of I'll tell you when I've had enough, isn't it? Swaying and right at the bar. Right. Yeah. And I know how to stop. I can stop anytime I want. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my wife and I are all my wife is very supportive. She says, look, as as long as as long as we don't miss a mortgage, as long as we don't miss a car payment, we're fine. Doesn't sound <laughs> good, is it? Doesn't sound good. <laughs> that's that's an enabler. That is she, yes. Yeah. Well, she did you come in found here. Found a weeks rare ago. gem, but she is an enabler. <laughs> mm. She did come in here a few weeks ago and said, "Hey, what do you want for Christmas?" And I said, "I don't know." She said, "Well, would you like a new set of shelves?" And I said, 
I love you so much. You really want to like go down that route? Uh, I've been well, here before. We're doing it. Right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. But she's 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 great. Uh, she mm. she says she always says, well, there's worse things you could be into. So uh, she's fine with it. But she's not a kaiju fan. She's not you know, a fan of this genre at all. But she knows I love it so much, and so you know, God bless my wife because uh, she yeah. puts up with me all the time. Supportive people that right. encourage us to love our hobbies. Right, let's yeah. take our first break and let's talk about the thing that we meant to talk about. Why, why are we are here? <laughs> we'll return in a moment, folks. Thank you. My name is Connor Baxter and I'm a freelance 3D artist. My specialty is sculpting various monsters and kaiju found in pop culture, which are then converted into model kits via 3D printing. This is something I enjoy doing very much, and if you're interested in my work and like a private commission, then check out my portfolio site at invaderdesign.co.uk where you can find my work and contact information. Or check out my Twitter at invader underscore design. Cheers. Hello and welcome back to the second part of Kaiju Curry House. This is episode 59. My name's Alex. I'm joined by Joe, Paul and our good friends Travis and Michael from the Kaiju Ramen magazine. Folks, tell us how did this idea come about? Start with yourself, Travis. Um, well, okay. I was going to say, Michael, you want to explain how it started? No, no it's okay. your baby, man. Pressure. Go for it. Okay. Well, um, I, I'm an ideas guy and I, I will, I don't mind and I don't, don't want to toot my own horn too much, but I am sure. an ideas. Sure. I'm, sure Travis. I, I'm an ideas guy. The, the thing is, uh, my brain is like a freight train. And when I get an idea going, um, you either move out of the way or you hop on board. And, uh, and Michael was kind enough to hop on board with my idea for Kaiju Ramen. Um, I, I started off, uh, we, had, we had some controversy. I won't go into it too much because I don't want to really talk about it. But we had some controversy in the fan community not too long ago with um, another magazine in the community and uh and me and michael talked about it and we were like hey you know we could put together a, a magazine and put together one that's more focused on the fandom instead of just the movies only and so we started doing research into it and started putting it together and it, it, it all came together really quickly yeah yeah i was uh i admit i was a little bit skeptical when travis came to me with the idea of starting a, a magazine because uh, one, it just feels like a lot of work and it is a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. There is a lot of things you have to do and things that have to line up to make a project like this successful. And I think uh, what's made this go as smoothly as it has been so far is just the enthusiasm behind it, right? Um, like Travis, like Travis mentioned, there was the there was the whole dust up around you know G Fan Magazine, which we don't have a problem with G Fan, like there is a world where Kaiju Ramen and G fan can exist in tandem. Uh, I'm full disclosure. I'm still a subscriber to G fan. I still enjoy G fan like, and, and Kaiju Ramen is not a rebuke of that, but we did see an area in the fandom that needed to be uh, a hole in the fandom. I should say that need to be filled where people in, we've met so many different people over the last year of podcasting and just being really involved in the fandom that we thought it was important to, get those folks involved and really give up and have a place where people like Kaiju Hime and like um, some writers like the, the great Danny DeManna at the Godzilla novelization project can have a place to, 
be creative and show off their work. And that's really the whole vision and the, and the, the spirit behind Kaiju Ramen. It's, it's, a, it's a magazine. I know it sounds kind of hokey and cheesy to say this, but I'll go ahead and say it anyway. It is a magazine for fans by fans. And that's sort of what we've, that's sort of how we've tried to operate under that banner. And so far people seem to love the idea, love the idea. And again, uh, there's a lot of work that's gone into it, but honestly, um, I I've had so much fun and I know Travis has had a ton of fun too. So, so yeah, we're just looking forward yeah. to pushing forward. I was just going to say, um, from what you're uh, describing as well, just in terms of filling that hole, um, ideally being a bit more inclusive because I know that the kaiju fandom has been criticized over kind of the last couple of years for not being the most fun environment that it is kind of a bit of an established old guard and that you know you said like kaiju Hime for example you know newer different people from different kind of demographics getting kind of a look in from what you're saying will be yeah. will get a chance to be platformed yeah and that's that's uh the the goal and kind of our um, I don't want to say motto. What is a, our our modus operandi? I guess is the be- <laughs> is the best mission way to statement. Say it. But um, there we go. Yeah, our mission statement. That, that, that's the best way of saying it. Mm. Um, you can tell I went to business school. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, it has always been. We are about celebrating the kaiju fandom and the diverse people who are who are in it. Um, we're we're about celebrating the movies the fandom, the people, and, and you don't necessarily have to agree with a person, uh, a person's viewpoint on certain things to appreciate how creative that person is and how great that person is at expressing their love for giant monster movies. Because the, the fandom there, like Michael was hinting at so many people express their love and creativity uh, in, for these giant monster movies in amazing ways and and uh we wanted to kind of highlight a lot of that in the magazine yeah fantastic yeah absolutely i mean it's and to touch on a point that you were saying alex about the the fandom being a bit of the old guard or having that reputation of having like the old guard or in charge Mm. that is slowly shifted i feel like from my perspective at least over the past year or so because it's nowhere near as um What's the best word? What's the best way to put Insula. this? Insula. It's nowhere near as that as, say, Star Wars, Star Trek. Oh, for sure. Or, definitely. Or Marvel. And here we go again. Star Wars has entered the conversation again. Well, okay. We won't, say, Star we won't Wars linger there too dicks. long. They're not likable. Yeah, you, you cannot talk about... That's true. About In a world of Mandalorian, you just bring up Star Wars. Yeah, and uh, my yeah. advice to any Star Wars fan is watch the films, play the games. Lightsabers watch the films, play the Old Republic, and never join Star Wars groups. They're vile. <laughs> They're not nice. Um, but like, just to... a... Sorry. Uh, I was going to say there was an old phrase, uh, an old saying that someone used to say, which is no one, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Absolutely. <laughs> and just to defend my point earlier, I am, I'm speaking like from the perspective of someone in the UK who has not been over to America ever, certainly not been over to America in a kaiju context. So when I've seen criticisms of G-Fan and other groups. This is not kind of right. me attacking G fans specifically. Right. That's just the more prominent kind of label of the uh, the kaiju community. What I've noticed is that it appears to be an insular community. And I think that for myself, 
I've been very keen for kind of Kaiju Curry House and specifically UK Kaiju fans, our umbrella, to kind of have a bit of a look in from that broader sort of, you know. Mm -hmm. There are definitely bubbles. There are definitely groups. There are definitely factions and groups within this community that that are very, uh, I guess, the best way to put it is probably echo chamber because you've got a lot you got a lot of people just agreeing for the sake of agreeing on something. And then when somebody comes in with a different opinion, it's, Hmm. it's like, it's like it just, it disrupts the flow. It's like people can't handle that. And so, and so that's sort of the things that I've noticed in the last year is, you know, we, the fandom, I think in my, from my perspective has gone through a lot of uh, changes, a lot of evolution in in the time I've been involved. Um, I can see someone's perspective. Say that again, I'm sorry. Do you think that's content driven? So when I look at this, sure. See, when we talk about old guard, mm-hmm. semi new guard, I guess you could say, and sure. then the new fandom that's coming in. Sure. So we had the Shawa era, right. old school fans, you could say. Right. And then the people that you know like grew up under those old school fans. And then we had the 90s string. Mm-hmm. And then we had you know, like a run during the millennium. And then we've just had recently an explosion of content with new fans, new ideas. And the Rewa, if I'm saying that correctly, the Rewa era has just been about experimentation and trying new, different, crazy, odd things. And I think that's attracted a lot of new people in. And when you look at, I'm just going to say that there are three different eras to this fandom, really. So when you look at these three different eras, the first two kind of vibe and reflect off of each other fairly well. The Rewa era, it's just a bag of everything, isn't it? So I think that a lot of like this disruption that comes through, like, <coughs> like when we looked at what what is it? Uh, the new cartoon that's coming out on Netflix. It's just totally singular point. Singular point. Singular point yeah. yeah, singular point. Singular point looks amazing in my. It mind. does. Yeah. And and I mean, like, I'm a huge Titanosaurus fan. And when I saw Titanosaurus there, I was just happy for Titanosaurus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they've looked at evolutionary things to make this an aquatic creature and blah, 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 blah. Right. And then I noticed that there are like changes to other designs and there's like red dust coming off of creatures and things of this nature. And it's like, what's going on here? But at the end of the day, these are very different designs, you know, from grew up with from what we're willing to, you know, like let go. And I think that to a degree, Toho's somewhat responsible for that because they have a lot of rules for their characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, there's no denying that the Toho has a ton of rules for characters. And in a way, I wonder if the content's rigidity reflected that way on the fandom. And now that we're having so many different ideas thrown at us, that shaking up the fandom. We're having a dynamic shift. We're having new ideas brought in. And then folks that grew up with these established rules, like Godzilla has to look a certain way. And then, oh, Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I mean, we tried 98, and then that did not do <laughs> amazing. And then, yeah. I mean, like, 98's a different thing. We will, we will cover that some episode at this point. But, you know, anyways, like, when we go forward, like, how many different iterations of Godzilla that look quite different have we had in, like, the past three or four years i mean when we started i mean it really kind of started with 2014 didn't it mm-hmm. and then after that godzilla just took off in a myriad of different forms and it's great because even if in the monsterverse he doesn't look the same when he film and i yeah. think to a degree the content is shaking up the fandom 
because it used to be like, oh, my favorite suit or mm-hmm. my favorite movie or that composer is amazing. And now it's not even the favorite suit anymore because we have a variety of animated Godzillas now. So previously, I only knew, I, I mean, I know there were probably more in uh, Japan where we had like a Chibi Goji show, but there was the Hanna-Barbera one, and then there was the God series, which is based off the 1998 Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And then now Netflix has given us three movies. We've got a new anime show movie coming out. I mean, like we've got a variety of different things. I think that it's just suddenly all, like all of this, the variety that's being thrown at people. Yeah. And I think probably a bit overwhelming for fans that grew up with the shallow stuff, to be perfectly honest. But I think, yeah, my personal opinion is content driven. Yes, I don't chat at once. I can (laughs) I can see that um, being a thing, and I definitely don't disagree with that. I also do feel like some of what we're seeing pop up in the fandom is a long time coming because uh and i'll use the example of, of of someone who's been on a guest and and someone i will talk about forever because I, she's one of my favorite people online uh is kaiju hime uh because she's awesome yeah destiny she she was has been a godzilla fan for a long time uh kaiju kim is another one that we interact with on on twitter and have had on our podcast uh she has been a godzilla fan for a long time the problem is that the a lot of female fans felt very isolated even more than and and like godzilla fans already kind of feel isolated from each other anyway because we're kind of few and far between if we're not in japan like in the in the u.s and the uk especially in the in the 90s uh you you didn't have huge groups of people who were just i like to say that being a godzilla and tokusatsu fan didn't get me a whole lot of dates in high school let's just say that right yeah so so we're already kind of this very small niche group and then you have a very small group within the group and sometimes uh the the bigger portion of the group can actually drown out the voices from the others and so i feel i i I talked to destiny i i told her i said i feel like while i don't while i i don't think it's necessarily with malicious intent i think that a lot of male uh uh, kaiju fans tend to drown out the female fans and the female fans aren't getting their chance to actually speak and like i said not maliciously but just because there's a either a bigger group or we're more vocal and so I wanted, going back to the magazine, I wanted to, uh, I asked uh, Destiny, I said, can you write an open letter to female kaiju fans and just say, we recognize that you're out there. We want you to know that we, we want to hear from you and we respect you. And so that's what we're, that's something that's going to be coming up in a future issue. It's not our first issue, but a future issue is going to have uh, that open letter from Destiny. Yeah. And what is the goal from that? Is it to get more uh, content creators who are women platformed through your um, magazine? No, no, really it is more about making people feel welcome, uh, making them feel like they can share their uh, their creativity because like, like the reason why we have gotten to know destiny and Kaiju Kim so well is because the two of them have taken the, the steps to actually put their work out there. Mm-hmm. 
but there's plenty of female kaiju fans who haven't put their they may be you know sitting there doing a lot of uh great fan art but they're not putting it out there or they might be writing a lot of great fan fiction and they're not putting it out there because they feel like they're, they're just going to get yelled at if they do or they're going to get drowned mm. out if they do and so i we want to let them know that no we want to see your stuff we want to hear from you we want you to express yourself openly and freely uh just like we get our chan a chance to that makes sense and it does resonate travis thanks for saying that i think that uh without getting onto my soapbox too much the hierarchies of uh, structural oppression is that uh, boy geeks who you know mm -hmm. get teased all the time by the jocks will punch down and they will, yeah. you know, effectively make sure that the girl geeks don't get their space because they, uh, you know, boy geeks have fought hard for their little, their little corner, and they're scared of losing it, which is, you know, why so many yeah. uh, fan circles aren't particularly wholesome. And I'm you know? I'm coming from it as a because I, I I've been a Godzilla fan my whole life, but I'm mm -hmm. also a big comic book fan, and the comic book community is really like way worse than the than the kaiju community when it comes to excluding female fans right and and to the point where like uh, i have talked to plenty of female um comic book fans who say they don't go to comic book shops and buy comic books because they if when they have gone to comic book shops they've walked in and people have said what are you doing here yeah or it's like or, or where's your where's your boyfriend who who you know mm. drove you here it's like that they don't feel welcomed into no. those places that me as a 30 year old white uh, uh guy takes for granted feeling welcomed and then so it, it kind of affected me and then i start seeing it in a smaller scale and not as maliciously but it still happens in the kaiju community and so i was like well if we're going to do this magazine we're going to celebrate the fandom that is something i feel passionate about is making sure that we give the female fans a voice because they may not get that voice any other way so in terms of the layout of your magazine um at a very simple level i mean i know we've talked about some or deeper conceptual stuff but the bare bones of your magazine what's in it um well our magazine is divided into thirds so the first third of our magazine is all news uh based we we and and the one thing i want to get clear about our magazine is we are not a news um heavy magazine we're not we're not trying to chase the scoops and we're not trying to be on the cutting edge of of things like that's not that's not what we're about but we will you know do some news items um what what uh, uh the singular point is in our first issue because that was a big news story things like that um the uh second third of the book is all about uh kaiju history and science so we'll get into some of the the uh science um of of different kaiju what animals they're based on in real life their biology their ecology things like that uh, we get into some of the cultural uh history behind some of the monsters uh in our first issue we've got an article about king shiza or king caesar uh mm -hmm. there's a lot of really really interesting politics that went into his creation and into that movie that if you are not familiar with it is fascinating stuff and so we wanted to include something like that uh and then the the last third of the book is all community based that is where we will we're doing our you know just highlighting different people of the community we're showing artwork from people in the community we have a, a an article uh, or a section that's going to be in each magazine called artist alley 
where we take one specific artist, whether that be a photographer, whether that be a, a cosplayer or an actual physical media artist, um, we highlight their work and give you know their links to their stores, to their uh, profiles on, on whatever, so that if people want to commission them for things, this is how you get in touch with them. So, so that's how our, our magazine is laid out at the moment. And I'm sorry, Michael, I'm dominating. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I, you said probably exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's just, we, we're trying to have a little mix of everything. Uh, we're trying to play up on a lot of folks' strengths. Like, uh, in, I'm, I'm particularly excited about the science portion because we have a really good friend of ours, Sam Perrin, at the Cinematica Animalia podcast that's doing a, a really interesting write-up on Anguirus and the biology and the ecology of Anguirus. And so I'm looking forward to people uh, reading that. And then uh, the King Shiza, King Caesar article is going to be written by another friend of ours, Nathan Marchand, at the Monster Island Film Vault. And so he has uh, a background in history and some, and some things that will help out that article a ton. And um, so we're just, I'm, I'm particularly excited about that section. Uh, Artist Alley, I know there's always been this itch. Uh, I know, I know at G Fest, I've never, I've never been to G Fest myself. Uh, this year was supposed to be my first G Fest, but COVID. Um, but at G Fest, uh, there was always this section in the ballroom called, they, they, I don't know if this is the official name, but everyone calls it Artist Alley. So we wanted to bring that concept into the magazine where we highlight one artist that we particularly love per issue and just give them the platform to give bio about themselves, like Travis said, and show off their artwork. So issue one, uh, we're really happy to say that we're going to have Kaiju Hime uh, for issue one. To show off to show off her artwork and then issue two i reached out to a good friend of mine david dopko who's a fantastic photographer uh that does toy photography and he's going to be an issue too and i mean there's it's we have so much planned for the for the magazine that it's really hard to wrap my mind around it because uh there are so many different avenues we could go with it and at the end of the day we just want to put out a publication that people enjoy and will find interesting and will be passionate about just as much as we do. And what's the frequency of the release? Quarterly. It's going to be quarterly. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterly. Quarterly. quarterly is what we can handle. I think right now, uh, eventually the, the goal, the plan is I think uh, to go monthly. Um, a lot of things would, a lot of stars and a lot of planets would have to align for that to happen. I'm sure. But if we're able to build up a really good subscriber base and a really good base of fans, it's possible. Um, not sure. Like eventually the eventual plan is if the magazine takes off, we really want to do a printed issue. We want to do a printed version of each issue. Maybe have that be a limited run, mm -hmm. but not for, not for mass publication like G fan does, but just have a limited run of printed magazines. Like get your pre-orders in now to yeah. get the printed version. Uh, once they're gone, they're gone. But I think, digital was the easiest way to go with this route because it's the most cost effective. I mean, I don't like to talk business, but it is sort of a business. It's the most viable, uh, isn't it? It's the most viable. It's the, viable. yeah. And you're yeah. pouring a lot of energy into this. I mean, you need to avoid the burnout of it because you're obviously focusing on quality content. Yeah. You don't want to kind of go, all right, let's, let's be ambitious, you know, fortnightly release and then find after six months, you're absolutely shattered from it. And you've just, you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah. And, and really, and me and Michael are, are, we're just two guys. We're just two fans. 
who yeah. who love giant monsters. We're not, you know, publishers. We're not no. people who work for the Wall Street Journal and stuff like that. So so we needed something that was uh, that we could handle without uh, sacrificing our personal lives <laughs> on top of it. Yeah. Paul, you've been awful quiet. Oh, he always is. I always am. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. <laughs> and he's going to be even more quiet now because we're about to take our second break. Thank you. Hello, and welcome back to the final part of Kaiju Curry House. I'm here with my co-hosts, Alex and Joe, along with our guests, Michael and Travis from Kaiju Ramen. Um, so guys, Kaiju Ramen, we've had on our episode many times discussing what a kaiju is, and... I'm wondering, how are you deciding which kaiju you want to discuss in the magazine? Is it going to be your personal favorites? Is it going to be what fans say? Well, I can tell um, you it's not going to be I mean, Clifford. Just, <laughs> I, I, I was actually going to rock because I know you guys can't, can't agree. On, on, is, is he a kaiju or not? We've, that's well, the whole we, episode. I commissioned Matt not... Frank to do Gamera versus Clifford. I actually have. <laughs> we, uh, me and Michael do not always agree on what constitute as a kaiju um and uh yeah so uh really i mean i'm the i'm the uh, as far as our jobs are concerned with the magazine i'm the uh content manager and michael is the uh, art director he's the one that makes it look pretty i'm the one that makes sure what goes in and since i'm deciding what goes into it clifford's going to be in our magazine at some point <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just i'm just doing that just to see him roll his eyes <laughs> much to my chagrin much to my chagrin but i will i i have to admit as far as what constitutes a kaiju i'm i'm a little bit more gatekeepery on that aspect of it. I, I hate to admit it, but uh, yeah. Uh, Travis, however, has a very left of center view oh, yeah. point as far as what constitutes a kaiju. So oh, left yeah. of center is always best anyway. Yeah. 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 It's always more fun. That's the thing. It's like, it, I don't... I don't really care whether you count kaiju, whether you count Clifford as a kaiju or not. I really don't care. It's fun to me, so I'm going to keep doing it. Well, let, let's, let's do it, this. Yeah. Rapid fire, Michael, <laughs> Xenomorph, kaiju or not? Go. No. no. Okay. Right. And next one, Paul, give one. Graboid. Yes. yes. Fair. Fair. Um. I'm, Sorry, because I just checked that. Is that is that confirmed? Graboids in a future episode, a, f- a future um, issue of Kaiju Ramen. Well, oh, you're absolutely. looking at probably the biggest uh, Tremors fan that I personally Ooh. know anyway. What? Oh, uh, fantastic. Not me, Travis. Uh, yeah, Travis is yeah. a huge Tremors fan. Yeah, I, I love Tremors. I love the movies. So, um, yeah, rightly so. Yeah, so yeah, we'll <laughs> definitely feature we'll definitely feature Tremors stuff in there too. Excellent stuff. Okay. okay. Uh, do you have any hot takes, Michael, on stuff that people consider kaiju, but you're like, no, it's not? Oh, do I have to? Because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. No, no, uh, go for it. Uh, okay, so... Yeah. yeah. <sighs> it's okay, this is a safe space. Okay, I appreciate that. Uh, well, the, the only thing that's coming to mind, of course, is, is Clifford, uh, simply because... <laughs> Simply because I'm thinking about him, and the, I mean he's he's a he's a dog with a hormone deficiency. I mean, I mean, come on, he I mean, is he's massive. He's he's okay. massive and magical and stained with the blood of his enemies. He is no. a kaiju. Look, that's that Skella Clifford that they showed off in the production photos is more of a kaiju than actual Clifford the dog. Oh, man. wow. <laughs> I love um, it. I love it. Yikes. 
So are you going to be, because, yeah, because we say kaiju and instantly think Godzilla, but I take it you're right. going to be covering all sorts of kaiju, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, we're, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to Is it restricted to Asian tokusatsu or is it broader? No, no absolutely uh, not. We, okay. we will cover American and we will cover um, British. Yeah. I mean, you know, Gorgo is one of my favorite giant monster movies um, up there, you know, just underneath like Godzilla and all that. Uh, and sure. so, yeah, we absolutely will cover more stuff. And, and we're not going to cover just giant monsters because like i mean we i want to do some stuff in the future with common rider and common rider is not kaiju mm-hmm. uh common rider is not uh not giant monsters but it is in the in that same ballpark because it's tokusatsu absolutely yeah. and so yeah. we want to cover that so so when we called it kaiju ramen it wasn't to exclude you know, uh, things that we want to cover in the future. It was just more of like, because Kaiju is the, is the, um, oh, the, for lack of a better word, it's the buzzword. Yeah. It's like the, oh, it's the buzzword for, for this fandom, for things that comes like, out of a search. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so Kaiju ramen, um, the ramen part of the magazine was, was me. I was just throwing out ideas, but I, I always think of um, the chicken soup for the soul. Uh, you know, you, uh, you always hear the chicken noodle soup for the soul and ramen is kind of like the the Japanese and, and Asian version of that because it is just this hearty, uh, warm mm-hmm. soup that just like makes you feel at home. And so that's... And it's that's got like a little ramen. mix of everything. When you, when, you, when you eat a proper bowl of uh, ramen, it's mm-hmm. got pretty much a mix of, of everything. Oh, so yeah. that's and it's the, established in culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a staple. And yeah. it and kaiju ramen rolls off the tongue. It sounds than, good, doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds nice. Giant monster ramen, which we workshopped that a little while, and kaiju ramen finally won out. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's I'm, yeah, I'm still but, laughing about my comment on Clifford. So, Travis, finish yeah. <laughs> finish your thought there. Mm. Well, no, I, I just I think that uh, that that is something that people I want to make sure that people who might be listening who are checking out our our um, our magazine. Uh, we are doing a lot of Godzilla stuff for the first two issues. Um, and that's just because uh, Godzilla is kind of having a resurgence. Like we've got uh, Godzilla versus Kong is coming out. Singular point is coming. We've got comic books coming from IDW. So there is going to be a lot of Godzilla content for the first couple of issues, but that doesn't mean we're not going to cover other things. We do plan on branching out and doing, we, we, we definitely have Gamera articles already lined up. I've got writers who already pitched me Gamera articles and right. I want to include those and we've got other things. So, so yeah, we're definitely going to include the wide world of giant monster movies. It's not just one aspect of it. Yeah. Can I pitch you an article on why It Follows is a misunderstood kaiju um, work of art? Oh, man. Uh, because I've not won Paul and Joe over with this, but, you know. I Okay, I admit I haven't seen it, so... I need to rewatch it. That's yeah. okay. No, but um, I'll tell you what, a uh, fun question. What's your favorite kaiju films, Michael and Travis? Go ahead, Travis. Um, I mean... I'm always going to be a Godzilla fan. Um, mm-hmm. I inherited my Godzilla love from my Pick dad. One. Pick one. Um, so uh, Godzilla 2000 is definitely my favorite of all. Wow. Of 
it was the first one I saw in theaters because, um, yeah. you know, I living in the U.S. and especially the region of the U.S. that I live in, uh, we didn't get re- a lot of the movies released. Mm. And when they did, they came on VHS. Um, mm. So getting to go to the movie theaters and see a proper Godzilla movie yeah. was just something that I would I was just blown away by. And so that's always been my favorite. Yeah. Uh, mine fluctuates. I'll be honest. Uh, so right now, I I will say that Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from '74 is a damn near perfect Godzilla movie. Really good, uh, isn't it? it? I mean, it's you get a it's you get a good, good yeah you get a good mix of everything. I wish sort of the human characters had a little bit more dimension to them, but mm. you get you get that with Astro Monster. So Astro Monster is also another favorite of mine. I am a huge Showa fan. I I gravitate towards that era more. Um, although I will die on the hill and say that Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, deserves to be in the top five of best Godzilla films, period. Uh, because it, you get a good mix in Godzilla King of the Monsters, a a little bit of everything. You get hero Godzilla, you got, you get menacing Godzilla, you've got world destroyer Godzilla with burning Godzilla at the very end. You've got the callbacks to the, to the, uh, other films which i know a lot of folks had a problem with except for the like the hardcore fans but the normies were like well what is this reference mm-hmm. uh well that's the mothra twins you'll get it just go watch the series you'll, you'll you'll figure it out but um but yeah i i right now i'm thinking godzilla versus mecha godzilla to, from 74 is probably my favorite movie uh but again it fluctuates but i'm definitely not going to say all monsters attack although i do respect that <laughs> mm. and and outside of godzilla um just a journey out a little bit outside of godzilla sure. my um favorite probably at the moment and, and, and i might change my answer tomorrow but my my favorite at the moment is frankenstein conquers the world oh, um yeah. Because of course, Baragon. I love Baragon. Baragon <laughs> is one of my favorite monsters, um, and he—he he wasn't when I was younger. I have grown to love Baragon as I've gotten older, and so, uh, so yeah, we started our podcast. We started the hashtag Justice for Baragon. So uh, that, and we have it on a T-shirt too uh, <laughs> that you that people can buy too. So uh, yeah, Baragon's one of my favorite. So that's, although, that's one that's outside of Godzilla. Although Baragon got what got. got what was coming to her in GMK? Just saying. Yeah, mm. she got trashed. I love Frankenstein conquers the world because it is a prehistoric take on stem cells. If you watch that movie, okay. If yep. you watch that movie and you've never seen it before, and you just think they clocked stem cells before yep. stem cells were a thing, right? Didn't they? they sure did. And I thought <laughs> that was so cool. Just mm. like there was a variety of things. I mean. I appreciate that you love Baragon, but I th- think even without Baragon, that movie would have been spectacular. Just oh, yeah. Like a Frankenstein takeoff. Oh, but yeah. It's a great film. It was, it's it absolutely was a great film. I think it was one of the first ones I gave five out of five on our podcast, um, uh, which we it's rate remarkably our- remarkably solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We rate our movies out of five Godzukis instead of um instead mm. of stars um because we love to embrace the silly side of giant monster movies so uh so but yeah i gave it a, i gave it five godzukis yeah i can watch oh sorry it's yeah. a it's a really great film it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite yeah. show films like it's 
It's yeah. one that I go to when I don't feel like watching a Godzilla film mm. or if, but I want that Showa, that Showa goodness, but I don't want a Godzilla Showa film. I'll, I'll go to Frankenstein Conquers the World or War of the Gargantuas, Rodan. Uh, I actually even like Varan to a degree. I know that one kind of catches a lot of hate from the fandom, but I respect mm-hmm. the film. Japanese edit. Yeah. The yeah. Japanese, Japanese edit is the only one to watch. Not the US edit, yeah. which is trust. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the Jap- the the US edit's pretty rough to get through. Uh, yeah, yeah. I will, I'll say that. It's a slog. Yeah. yeah. And just to not to... Go ahead. I watched Frankenstein Conquers the World for the first time a few weeks back. Okay. And I, I feel ashamed saying that. However, I then watched uh, Legend of the Dinosaurs and Monster Birds directly oh, after. wow. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wow, there's a difference in... <laughs> quality yep. <laughs> oh yeah i wouldn't miss with it i mean legend of the dinosaurs and monster birds i feel it could have been like a decent if not hokey movie if it wasn't for that soundtrack <laughs> what's your favorite kaiju movie these days joe uh i that's 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 a hard question for joe to answer um yeah. Paul, my default is to say oh, to Godzilla. yeah okay sorry. so you and i are right in line just back to back yeah, I like Godzilla's solo outings, and I love the original Gamera film. Obviously, I love the '90s ones, but um, yeah, I like so many. But Terra Mechagodzilla is what I say of my default because I'm first. Mm. One word, uh, one word description of Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, in your opinion. As in, sorry, I'm possibly being a bit slow. As in the high side. No, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the Heisei era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I can't even remember the film. You you gotta follow <laughs> so, Michael's um, train of thought. I'm Met, sorry. Um, okay, sorry. Oh, no, no, right, no, I'm, I'm forgettable. Uh, no, <laughs> one, one word description. <laughs> I'm ready. We can only give one okay. word here. What, just one word. Like, how do you feel about the yeah. film? Messy. Messy. Okay, I get that. I get that. Because it, it gets a lot of. I was just curious because it gets a it. lot of black. I love it. Fandom. By the way. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite of the high sci era. See, I, I, but I think it's a man after my own heart because I love not not space Godzilla, but I do love um, uh, Godzilla versus Mothra mm-hmm. from the Heisei era. Mm-hmm. And that one, most people hate. Mm-hmm. Most people cannot stand that movie. And I love it. And stole the show. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> And I I love that movie, and I don't, and I have a hard time explaining why I love that movie so much. But I find myself when I want just like I want to watch a Godzilla movie that's just pure joy, and just pure fun. That's the one I put on because that's what it is. It's just pure joy, pure fun. Just like it's like cotton candy or um, fairy floss. Yeah, I get that. Sorry, yeah, fairy floss. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that film at all. I enjoyed it. I wish they would have stuck with the Indiana Jones aesthetic the whole out the whole the whole way through but you know mm. that's that's just me i i i think that mothra or godzilla versus mothra is a, a bit of a slog to get through it, it loses it loses my interest about 45 minutes or so in and then i i just can't usually make it all the way through well oh, um, favorite oh sorry oh speaking? no 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 go ahead go ahead i, I was gonna say paul uh, what's your favorite uh kaiju movie these days yeah i I don't think I. En- I kind of like enjoy them all. Nothing stands out as amazing. Just so- answer the bloody question. Yeah. 
Yeah. On nostalgia. It has tremors. To be tremors. 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 Tremors too. There we okay. go. Thank ah, you. Yes. <laughs> Commitment. Good heavens. So invasion of the Astro Monsters on nostalgia, but we'll go with Tremors too for right. fun. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Kaiju Ramen uh, magazine. Flipping. No tangents on this uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I one thing I, I think I I don't mean to take your job away from you, um, but uh, one thing I do want to mention: if anybody is interested in uh, following Kaiju Ramen uh, or uh, contributing to Kaiju Ramen on Kickstarter, uh, you can go to Kaiju Ramen magazine dot com that's the website uh and there is a that's that's the main website for the magazine but there is a link there a little button you can click they'll take you to the kickstarter um it, they'll take you directly there and you can pledge uh there and so if you are interested in um in uh, uh sorry <laughs> in in um in 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 original kaiju stuff because that's one of the things that we're also including in our um magazine is not just uh it's not just the stuff that's already established we're also letting um creative fans create new kaiju things that are like are completely original and we're going to include that in the magazine so if anyone is interested in that go check out the kickstarter we are already 230 percent um funded so we're more than double wow. what our goal was. Our goal was kind of low because it's not a lot of overhead for mm -hmm. a digital magazine, but it's been smashed. People have been supporting it. And every bit of money that we get extra is going towards future issues and to make sure Wonderful. that it continues past the first year. Yeah. To ensure there will be a legacy. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. We're, we're dumping all the funds that we get till the end of December into we're spreading it out across as many as as many issues as we possibly can uh mm. because we want to make sure we want to we want to make sure that at least the first year is funded which at this point we i think we him and Tra uh, travis and i talked about how much it would take to to fund the entire year and we're we're damn close to being an entirely funded project for the entire four issues so that's Fantastic. exciting Wonderful. It is time to wrap up our episode, folks. Um, we normally conclude with our personal recommendations. So starting us off, Joe, if nothing else, what would you recommend? I'm going to take this opportunity to go on to another tangent. No. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Alex, think of the child. Sorry. Do not swear. Goodness me. Um, my children, are, children are surprisingly mature these days. I think they can handle it quite, quite. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say, check out IDW's Godzilla rulers of earth. I recently got, uh, the complete volumes one and two off of Amazon. They did not break the bank. They are fun. They're great. And I will die on this hill that it is the best use of jet Jaguar ever. And you can tell that they were passionate about that character. It has everybody's favorites. It has new ones. It has aliens. It has scientists. It has it all. So check it out. It's on Amazon right now. It tends to do the circles between being out of print, in print, available, not available. So pick it up while you can. Yeah. I got issues. I got issue one. Uh, the Matt Frank for the the Matt Frank version that he signed. 
for volume one. And then I picked up volume two from Amazon. Like it's doesn't break the bank at all. I think like $26, $27 approximately USD on Amazon. So yeah, it's not too bad at all. And it's a great story. Perfect. Um, and for myself, if nothing else, I encourage you to go onto the distributor website, SRS. They uh, release a lot of lower budget indie kaiju movies. Please don't go on there expecting things to be big budget and go, oh, it doesn't look very good. That's kind of a, a hater angle. I don't want to say it. I don't want people to do that. Mm -hmm. But Howl from Beyond the Fog got distributed through SRS and therefore I encourage you to support that. They've released many other you know, lower budget but just as just as valid entries to the kaiju universe so please check out srs they do wonderful things thank you paul hey. yeah um well for myself i wanted to say if you have children check out godzilla loves to roar but i don't think you could be able to find that at an affordable price at the moment so instead um i want to give a shout out to kaiju kim who i know travis you mentioned uh because i just discovered her probably two three weeks ago um, and just a little chat with her and she seems absolutely lovely she's got some great content on YouTube she's very active on Twitter so um, yeah please check out Kaiju Kim yeah I'm uh, just piggybacking off of that Paul um, Kaiju Kim's uh, the video that really solidified uh, my sub subscription to her and why I love her so much is um, Gamera uh, Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris she reviewed that and she her um, her reenactment of her uh how she felt and her reaction to uh, one of the scenes in the movie was just hilarious. And so I was like, yeah, the, this, this one, this girl, she is great. This woman is great. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with uh, my friend, John Ruffin and mykaiju.com uh, because it was recently, he published a section on the website called Godzilla school where he's translating all of these old Japanese books into English. And I think that is a brilliant, um, uh, brilliant thing for somebody to get to be able to read some of these books that here in America, we wouldn't be able to, uh, if I'm allowed to do a second one, cause I, it just came to mind. Um, my friend, Danny DeMana at the Godzilla novelization project, it's Godzilla novelization project.com. I think, uh, but basically Danny is taking all the films and he is translating them to the written word. Um, I think he's working on Hetera right now. And he said that project's been a ton of fun. So, so please check that out because it, it, it is worth, it is worth supporting on both the website and it, I think he has a Patreon too, but yeah, Danny's a good dude. So for sure, the Godzilla novelization project and mykaiju.com. Yeah. And uh, for me, um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to recommend a little movie called Yeti giant of the 20th oh, century. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Um, so, uh, our, 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 our friends who were so kind enough to have us on their podcast are looking so confused, uh, by our reactions to that. And that is because Michael is fully aware of why I love this movie. This movie is, it's not a good movie. Uh, Elijah, my friend, I'm sorry if you are listening to this because it is not a good movie. But it is hilarious. It is absolutely mm. hilarious. And uh, you, I is it good, bad, or bad, bad? It's it, bad, bad. It depends on who you ask. It's bad, bad. The, <laughs> it's the, 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 fun. You want to tell them with friends drunk. You want to give way. them the description, Travis, of how oh, you yeah, describe yeah. this movie. So uh, the way I describe this movie is it is a seventies porno 
but with all the sex cut out of it. Uh, and so it's all the in-between parts. <laughs> it's just like... Children the- who listen to this podcast do not look up these things on the internet to find out what they are. <laughs> Uh, no, it is. It's uh, so terrible. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not a. It is a family friendly, but it is a very it's a family awful friendly. Movie, and it is so them. much fun to watch. And I love <laughs> it. new people. It, it, it's children, it's not a not porno. It's just how I describe it. Porno was on yeah. Curry House. Yeah, you did not learn what a porno was on Kaji Curry House. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, oh, I need to see this film now. Um, mm. it, I, I, I hope the day I will miss. I hope the demographics of your show doesn't skew younger, but mm. I'm sorry, audio listener, that Travis just recommended that. Uh, please do not Travis go watch. Sorry. I know nope. he's not. He's never sorry. Nope. I know. So, <laughs> I he embraces the chaos, I can tell. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Listeners, um, but but outside want... of that, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Good listeners, if you want to see a good Yeti film, watch The Abominable Snowman by Hammer. It's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's actually, yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that one's a better one. But no, go check out Yeti. It's great. They they dubbed the dog. They dubbed the dog. It and sounds it fantastic. It doesn't sync up either. So you have like the dog Even better. going. Ruff. <laughs> yes. It's, it's so, oh man, it's so great. I love it. Okay, so it's I love purposely it. oh, bad. I was, that's that's no, it, I it's don't not. think it's so. I, it's one of those movies that they they tried to do something really great and failed so spectacularly <laughs> that it is just a marvel to watch. <laughs> um, but outside of that, and that was my kind of joke answer, uh, it, definitely check out kaijuramenmagazine.com. Check out the, the Kickstarter. Uh, we have shared a sample of one of the articles that's going to be in it so you can already see what the magazine's going to look like um support it if you can because we we really want to keep this going and the more that we can do the more the more support we get from it the more we can do to help other kaiju fans uh have an avenue to share their creativity wonderfully said Uh, joe it is time for us to end the episode if you can lead us off Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. And uh, as always, we appreciate any likes, comments, thoughts that you can give this episode on social media. Please let us know what we're doing right. And as always, folks, keep it kaiju. Thanks for joining us at the Curry House today. We hope we've given you enough kaiju goodness to last until next time. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Curry Kaiju. If you want to join us on Facebook, we're at UK Kaiju. And if you want to find out about other shows in the network, please visit heroespodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. No, I, I ordered the 30 centimeter Megalon because I needed that as my 70s lineup. So I could just get a phone and say, that 70s show, there it is, done. <laughs> yeah. like, it's an expensive joke, but I'm going for it. I'll spend about, about £1,500 on the joke, but it's worth it. Just You're committed. I, I, I admire your committed. commitment, man. I dare say, with the end of the Ray Harryhausen stuff, that will be kind of be me done. Unless, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, let's but, have that clip. <laughs> Please, just no, save that. Okay, yeah, no, I'm not recording. I'm not I got recording. it, I got it. So with, with, with the end of the Ray Harryhausen stuff, with the exception of a swimming Titanosaurus, <laughs> I dare say I will be done. <laughs>